Welcome to this episode of the Outfront Podcast with host Vince Noble, the podcast that gives emerging leaders and career transitioning individuals the information and inspiration to thrive and become their best. For sponsorship and advertisement opportunities, please contact info at nobleresolutions.com. And now, your host, Vince Noble. I want to acknowledge each and every one of you stepping into your authentic power today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Outfront Podcast. I am your host, Vance Noble. Hey, I am super excited on today. We have the distinct pleasure of having with us an award-winning podiatrist, Dr. Yolanda Raglan. She's the CEO and founder of Fix Your Feet, Inc., specializing in medically necessary foot surgery, with cosmetically appealing results. Dr. Raglan has over 20 years of experience as a podiatrist. She has successfully transformed her practice into a sustainable brand by creating her own line of foot care products. She continues to creatively grow her practice and shares tips on how to progressively expand in the field of medicine. As always, before we get started with these extraordinary conversations, I want to say as much as I love how intellectually stimulating they are, they are meant to do far more than peak our intellect. They are meant to drive us into meaningful action. So as you listen, our guests are not solely on this show to promote themselves, their services or products, however in large part, to provide significant insight and actionable steps to encourage you, thereby helping to shift you from one level to the next. So I encourage you to listen and think about how you may be positively impacted in some way. No matter who you are, it is my greatest hope that you find tremendous value in today's episode. We certainly have a lot to unpack in this episode, so let's go. Shouts out to Vince Noble. What up? That's the big homie. Help me stack when my pockets was flat. Now I got a grip on me. Information, motivation, inspiration. inspiration. Make sure that you avoid elimination. elimination. Renovation of your finances. I done had more than five chances. Vince got more than five answers. A celebration. Let's hire dancers. All this good game, you better not bypass. Out front, out front. Yep, that's the podcast. Dr. Raglan, welcome to the show today. Good morning, Vince. That was a wonderful introduction. <laughs> I love how inspiring it is. Um, I, I think that's those words of wisdom are perfect. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you said that those final words that you said at the end are perfect. I hope people that are listening are paying attention and tune in to the things that uh, we talk about today. 
Yes, absolutely. Such a pleasure. So, Dr. Raglan, for those who may not know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you so passionately do today. Okay, so first I just want to introduce myself. I always introduce myself this way. I am Dr. Yolanda Raglan. I'm your doctor foot fixer, and I am queen of toes. And <laughs> that's usually my introduction. I have all these aliases. I've got one other. We'll, we may get into her later. Um, but I am a podiatric surgeon and I like to say that I transform lives by transforming feet and I do so because I specialize in correcting bunions hammer toes I get rid of the corns on the uh, on the toes and I and I can also shorten toes and I do this all as you expounded earlier with a cosmetic result Right. Absolutely. That's wonderful. So, so Dr. Raglan, you know, this is still a, a tough season for so many individuals. And I, I guess you could say, even from a corporate leader perspective, business owner, we, you know, we all are still trying to sort of navigate the varying uh, protocols and spaces doing this, um, these extraordinary times. And so even from a leader perspective, I have to ask, you know, um, from someone that I view as a community, uh, um, you know, spiritual, mental, uh, uh, physical and emotional well-being person, you know, what do you find most challenging during these times? And more specifically, how are you dealing with it from a business perspective? I would have to say, truthfully, um, with COVID, my practice um, actually thrived. And this is for several different reasons. Um, this is, uh, this is, uh, because, um, my, my business is a niche practice. Um, and so just like, um, uh, like plastic surgery and, uh, bariatric surgery, things like that. Uh, those practices kind of thrived during the COVID times because people were working from home, they were telecommuting, and so they had time to, to do some of these self-care things that they wanted to do. Right. Um, but uh, but uh, spiritually, I would say that um, several years back, my, my business actually tanked, and that gave me time to reflect. And um, I started the practice of meditation. I became more and more spiritual. I became physically fit. Um, you know, I wanted to get not only my my mind and spirituality fit, but I also wanted uh, my body to become physically fit. So I just be became um, uh, mentally and physically more fit all, all around. And I think that all of that really got me um, prepared uh, for this uh, this let's say this COVID marathon. And, um, and so when I revamped my practice in a way I knew I was going to, um, I, when I, when my practice uh, tanked, as I mentioned earlier, um, I had to revamp for the future. And so, um, I, I knew I had to do things to turn things around. And so the things that I had implemented, um, I knew at that time 
that this would be the wave of the future. I just didn't know that it would happen so quickly afterwards. So there were things that I was doing in my business that I wasn't doing before that um, made me completely ready for um, the, the, the COVID crises. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already started doing um, online appointments. So for people that might be um, physicians or doctors out there that aren't um, doing online appointments, uh, I had already been doing online appointments. Um, a lot of my patients do not come from the areas that I practice out of. So you do have to be concerned about, are you practicing in the state that you're licensed in? So one of the things that we, that we um, revamped the appointments as, instead of calling them consultations, they were more like educational appointments. So in the educational appointments, I can still talk about all the same things. I can ask the patients the same things that I would ask them if they were in my office. And then I could educate them about what could be done to help correct their situations in the same regards. And then when they would come physically into the office, we could have that discussion once again, and then we would be under that legal umbrella. Um, And so when uh, when COVID happened, it was uh, it was it was crazy. I got bombarded with patients. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, patients started. Um, they wanted to move up their their surgical appointments. Uh, so, um, and we're talking about in. I'm in. I'm in New York City. So we're talking mm-hmm. about in the height of the crisis people were saying i want to do my surgery now and i'm like are you sure do you know what's going on in new york city right now it's (laughs) it's kind of it's kind of crazy um and so and they they were like no i'm sure i have the time right now so these people were like instead of taking their their vacation leave or their sick leave now they could actually just go ahead and have the surgery done because instead of taking two weeks off if they were having more extensive surgery done. So some people might want to take two weeks off because they don't want to go into the office with two post-op shoes on. They could go into the office with two post-op shoes on, but some people want their privacy. They don't want to be asked all the questions. And so after two weeks, you can come out of the post-op shoe and get into something uh, more normal at that point in time where people won't be asking you all those questions. And so, but now with the COVID crisis and people are working from home and only doing zoom appointments, no one would see your feet. Mm-hmm. So they were like, I want my surgery now. And so, like I said, because of the way that I restructured the business, I was really prepared for it. And like I said, I knew that this would be the wave of the future. And I see people now still scrambling to make these adjustments. Um, And so that's one of the things I think that if you are in the medical professional profession, um, this is something you should be considering. You should be doing, you should be dedicating at least a block of time, if not a day, to uh, speak to some of your patients um, 
from some sort of online service mm. like Zoom or Skype or something like that. First right. of all, it's it's good for the patients because now they don't have to make a commute into your office and there are quite a few patients with no matter no matter what the the scope of practice is that the patients really don't need to physically be there to speak uh, to uh, for you to give them the information that they require. Um, so, um, so now this patient does not have to take, uh, take time to commute to you or, or to commute back to where they are. Um, they can do this on a lunch break. Um, and it's just more feasible for, um, actually both the doctor and the patient. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so in terms of, you know, shifting or pivoting in terms of, you know, your business practices, were they changed at once over time or did you go into a series of strategy sessions, if you will, and then you came out and say, hey, these are a list of things that I want to immediately change. How did that work for you? Yeah, so I, I knew when the practice was kind of like leveling out and I wasn't doing well, I knew exactly what needed to be restructured. Mm -hmm. um, my issue at that time was actually dollars and cents. And I needed, I needed the money to, to make that, that revamp happen. I, cause I needed, mm -hmm. I needed people to help me to do it. I can't do everything on my own. You can try to do everything on your own. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's, I think that's one of the things that, uh, business owners and entrepreneurs try to do. They try to do everything on their own. And I think you should try to do as much as you can on your own. Um, but you should also invest. Um, there are a lot of young people that are, you know, coming out of school that don't have work. They're going back to mom and dad's house. Um, they are tech savvy. They know how to work remotely. These kids know how to work right. from phones. Um, and they know how to uh, do a lot of the work and they have the resources to do a lot of the work that uh, perhaps somebody who's already a little bit more established um, may not know how to do and they're completely affordable. And, um, and these are people that can be tapped into. They're not as expensive as you think that they are because they're not coming into your brick and mortar business. So again, they don't have to commute. So you don't have to factor that into their salary. Um, and so it does lower down the pay wage. Again, they're kind of like independent contractors. So they're not employees. You're not putting them on as payroll. Mm -hmm. Um, and then these individuals also are open to work for other individuals. So I oftentimes will refer like individuals that work for me and I think that they're doing a great job and I hear that someone else might be struggling in a certain area. Oh, well, you know, I don't have somebody to do uh, let's just say social media for me or someone to do a certain type of marketing for me or graphics for me. And I'm like, Oh, well, I know this person or, um, and I'm like, here, give this person a call. I'm pretty sure that they have room on their schedule that they can fit you in. And so I want, I will wind up referring them to other people so that they can have several different sources of income coming in. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so did you sort of, 
you know, know which direction in terms of the field of medicine you practice in? Or how did you end up down this road? And then more than that, being recognized as AKA the queen of, of toes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I, stumbled across podiatry, no pun intended, while working at the National Institutes of Health in dermatology. So I thought I was going to become a dermatologist because I was conducting research um, under the legendary Steve Katz, who Mm. rose to be the director of the National Institutes of Arthritis and Muscular and Skeletal Diseases at the National Institutes of Health. And just being under that sort of intelligentsia and around all these other smart minds in dermatology, I just naturally thought I would become a a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. And um, I have been receiving uh, podiatry applications and uh, and quite honestly, I didn't know what podiatry was. (laughs) Um, So... I, and, I, and after taking the MCATs, you get applications from everywhere. You get mm-hmm. applications to do scientific research from all different types of medical schools, like medical schools you didn't know that there, you know, there were doctors of this and doctors of that because I am not an MD. I'm a doctor of, of podiatric medicine. So mm-hmm. you find out all these different um, medical specialties. And as I was throwing away one of the podiatry school um, applications, a friend of mine said, what are you doing? Why are you throwing away that application? And I said, oh, what is it? And she explained to me what it was. And then she went on to say that, hey, look, you know, there's hair, skin, and nails on the foot. You know, you can subspecialize in dermatology in the field of, of podiatry. And so I, I really liked that notion. I like the subspecialty and the subspecialty. And so I applied for podiatry school and the rest is history. I'm a podiatrist now. Wow. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, so in terms of, you know, where did your, your, your motivations come from that just sort of led you down to developing this business model and brand in which you're your CEO and founder of Fix Your Feet um, you are the creator of tarot, a tarot technique, um, and you have been recognized for, for having coined uh, so many other different procedures and things when, as it relates to hammer toe procedures. So tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, in podiatry school, I, I think that I just have this sort of, um, intuitive nature for business. I've Mm -hmm. always been that person. It's just like, you know, I think that this would be a great idea. And I think, you know, I've always had this vision. I could walk into uh, a small room and be like, ah, you know, I think if we change things around, this could be a palace. (laughs) You know, so I've always had that. That's always been in my DNA. Mm -hmm. So when I was in podiatry school, I came up with the practice name, Fix Your Feet. Everyone laughed at me, but now I'm laughing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and I knew it was, because I knew it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, um, really important to have a brand name or practice name that was easily recognizable. Um, I I didn't think that the name Dr. Raglan would stick. 
didn't mm-hmm. think that people would remember that name. You know how many people I, if that have had previous surgeries done by other surgeons? And I say, well, what doctor did it? And they can't remember the doctor's name. Can you imagine right. someone actually incised on you and you can't remember the doctor's name? So I did not want that to happen. If they, if they were going to forget my name, that's fine. But they would not forget my brand, Fix Your right. <laughs> So that was important to me that they could remember the name. So, um, so that's the reason why I came up with that name. So when I was in school, I was often approached um, by black women. Um, I lived in a dorm, and there were a couple of black women that, that I would see when I was coming in and out of my dor- dorm, and they would be like, hey, can you fix, they would put, you know, they would kick their shoe off and say, hey, can you fix this, this corn right here or this bunion right here without mm-hmm. the ugly scar? And, you know, can you fix it uh, cosmetically and, you know, pointing down to their toes? And that's when I recognized a void in the market. Um, I did my research and I found out, I found that there were a few guys that specialized in doing bunion and and hammer toes, but no one locked in, uh, locked in, or I could not identify or, or I could not identify that they um, locked in on a, uh, on, on this specific uh, population. Right. Uh, black women that wanted this. So I found that very intriguing that I could not find like a, a woman, not just a woman who specialized in doing bunion and hammer toe surgery. And I couldn't find a black woman <laughs> that was doing bunion and hammer toe surgery. So as a resident, um, I was fortunate enough to scrub in with hundreds of different surgeons. And I found just a handful that did like some unique approaches. And so I journaled all these techniques. And when I got out on my own, I took these approaches and I added my own unique tactics and formulated the Tierra the Toe technique. Um, I first coined it the interdigital approach um, as a broad term um, because it's in between the toes. So I wanted to give it this broad term, but as I started getting very specialized in the certain things that I did. Like there, there are very specific things that I do that other surgeons don't do because I came up with this technique specifically. That's when I decided, you know, I'm going to give it a name and I'm going to trademark it. And that's when I specifically called it the Tierra toe technique. Wow. Okay. That's wonderful. So, so from a business perspective, you know, what, what was your biggest mistake in business and, and sort of um, how do you deal with it um, or, or what did you learn most from it? I think the, the biggest mistake I made in business was that, so when I first started out, the, you know, I did very, very well. I came out, you know, like gangbusters. And then, like I said, the, the business kind of it flatlined, it tanked because I didn't see the trend and I didn't see that I should have been making some, some changes. So what I did not do was I did not secure a a business line of credit or a business loan 
when the business was thriving because mm -hmm. banks don't give you money when you're not making any money. And, um, <clears throat> and so, um, and so it was, uh, and, and so when I went to the banks, they would say things to me like, um, you know, I'm telling them I've been out for like 10 years and I, you know, successful for, like nine and a half or eight of those 10 years. And it's only been in the last, you know, eight months plus that, you know, that it's tanked and it didn't matter to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really important to me. The other thing, um, that I, I felt that the other reason why the, the business kind of tanked was because I did not see, um, social media coming. The internet and social media were wildly evolving and I did not evolve with it. Um, mm. I needed to revamp the practice, but I needed money, like I said before, and, um, and at first the banks said no. But I did not take no for an answer. I pressed the bankers, uh, the banker that I was um, dealing with, and I said, let me speak to your boss. Take me to your leader. <laughs> and, that, and, and I think this is something, I think that this is a very important point because I think that people don't think to do this. I think that people just, they take no for the answer and they just say, okay. And they walk away. Right. And I, and I think that you shouldn't always say, okay. And walk away. I think that working with the smaller banks, this is why you should work with smaller banks because they can take you to their leader. Mm -hmm. And so what, when I, when I got the opportunity to speak to the leader, I basically, I pressed them for questions. What are you looking for? Um, what, what do I have to show you to prove that I'm worth the risk in lending the funds? Um, right. And once I got the key answers, I realized I had been filling out my applications all wrong. And it's, and it's not that, you know, I, I wasn't doing any, you know, I, I wasn't doing, uh, I, I didn't fill out the app. I didn't put anything erroneous on there. It's just right. that I wasn't putting the things down on that was hitting the, the, the check marks that mm -hmm. they were looking to check off. And so when I, when I pressed this, this gentleman for, you know, what exactly are you looking for? I was like, well, you know, I have, you know, I have this, I have that, you know, I listed up all these. And he's like, well, you need to put that down. And lo and behold, everything was approved after that. Right. That's wonderful. That's some good insight there. So what other insight, you know, would you share with those seeking to start a business venture without heavy outside investors? Okay. So I started my practice with zero dollars. Okay. <laughs> I want y'all to hear that. I started it with zero dollars. <laughs> and so what I did now, this is me as a doctor, and I think that this can apply to almost any other situation. So me as a doctor, what I did was at a residency, um, I, I, like I said, I did my research to find out who were the other players that were, that were doing something close to what I wanted to do. And so I, I approached I approached uh, those people and I approached one in particular and I basically, you know, broke down the doors and said, listen, your practice is missing something and it's me. 
(laughs) (laughs) And so what I did was I convinced this individual that, you know, I can make you a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And, um, and at the same time, I could make myself some money at the same time. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you can think as an entrepreneur, no matter what it is that you're doing, if you can think of a way to synergistically pair up with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So not just looking for a mentor, it will be a mentor of sorts, but you have to bring something to the table too. What I brought to the table was this, this, you know, this business intuition. I had many years under my belt of, of, of retail. Um, I, I've worked many jobs, which I think all prepared me for what I am doing now. Mm-hmm. And, um, things like I worked in, I, I worked in retail selling shoes and pantyhose, hair barrettes, all in commission at high end department stores. I waited tables. I was a cheerleading coach. I did scientific research, as I said before, and then I matriculated through a very rigorous residency program. And all of these experiences helped to shape my success today. And that's because I took every last one of those jobs very, uh, very seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, there's, everybody says, you know, everybody talks about secret sauce, right? Right. But but how is secret sauce secret when you're tasting it? Right. All the ingredients are right there. If you pay attention to the details, you can taste every herb and spice in it. Pay attention to the details of every job that you take on. Trust and believe it will serve you later on. And that's the reason why I was able to get my foot in the door at this individual's practice. We still are our partners today. We have two separate practices within, under the same umbrella, and we share office space. And we're mm-hmm. still together to this day. But I started off with, hey, you know, I, you need me in here. I can make you a whole <laughs> lot of money. <clears throat> And I came in with not even two quarters to rub together. Right. Right. And that's, that's not, that's not being braggadocious in any way, but that's just knowing your value and what you're able to deliver even before it show up. Exactly. Yes. So, so from a corporate perspective, what, what has been, you know, sort of one of your biggest challenges in terms of scaling your business and sustaining it, if you will, and, and sort of what is it that sets Fix Your Feet apart from all the other service providers, if you will? I'm not sure if there was a big challenge in scaling the practice because the practice focuses the focus was there and calibrated out the gate. Mm -hmm. I decided that I was going to start a practice where my core group was going to be for African-American women. Mm -hmm. I always say that this practice is for everybody. It really and truly is. But I knew that there was an underserved community that, you know, they weren't getting what they wanted. So what I would say is what sets me apart is having a why, Mm-hmm. That is what's so important. So, like I said, I cater to this, un, this uh, um, underserved population, thirsty, 
mm-hmm. for fine services and longing for dignity and respect. Unfortunately, in healthcare, uh, healthcare is created um, has created uh, a. a, a it's created in a way where this uh, where this demographic does not get the same sort of treatment. So with me, these patients just naturally gravitate towards me. Mm-hmm. Right. So yes, I mean you know not, not to not to get too comical about uh, the the issue, uh, but you know when I'm out and about uh, in the mall or in the gym, I'd I'd see a, a great uh, need for your services. That's for sure. Listen, you know you gotta you, you gotta be lighthearted about this whole situation. We know that there are jokes in this. I mean, like I mean, especially if you're part of the African American community. Right, right. I mean, any show, any sitcom that is that 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 is situated around a, a black theme, you know, there's always some foot jokes in there. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> So, so Dr. Ragnar, where do you see, you know, fix your feet in, in, in the next 10 years? Taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do. But seriously, um, fix your feet. I really want to become a household name. So mm-hmm. with, I've talked a lot about uh, the surgical services that I provide, but as you stated before, I've started my new product line. So um, I have, and with my product line, the first in, in the line of products is Fix Your Fungal Nail, which is a game changer in eradicating mm-hmm. fungal nails. Um, there's no other um, product out there like it. All the other fungal nail um, medications that are out there, whether it's over-the-counter or prescribed. These medications, now you're talking, this is somebody who has done dermatological research at the National Institutes of Health. All of these medications are specifically made for skin. And so the pores on the skin are much larger than the pores on the nails. My product is made specifically for the nails. So the pores on the nails are very small, and this medication is able to penetrate those tiny pores on those nails, and it has a vehicle that can actually take that medication through those tiny pores on the nails. Furthermore, this medica- most of the, all those other medications have a very limited scope. So they, they hit like a small group of fungi, whereas my product is a broad spectrum antifungal, and it also hits bacteria as well. So this product, like I said, is second to none, especially for being an over-the-counter product. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's wonderful. And uh, Dr. Ragland, I wish you all, all the success when it comes to uh, fix your feet. So, so Dr. Ragland, we're in the segment of the show that we call Hot Seat, where we ask a few random hot topic yes. questions you know, that our listeners like to hear from leaders. And so, you know, we happen to believe that there is a tremendous amount of value and leaders being open, transparent, and, and vulnerable in the way. And, and again, so uh, m- many of our listeners like to hear 
from our leaders. So my first question would be, if you could turn back the time and talk to that 18 year old self, what would you say to her? What would I say to my 18 year old self? Um, I would tell her to surround yourself with more like-minded people. Mm. Um, it's really important. I always assumed that the friends that I had had great aspirations and they, and, and that they will, they would have the know-how, um, to achieve those aspirations. And, you know, as I have matured, I've realized that, um, that's really, that's a, it's a poor assumption and it's just an assumption. You really need to, um, surround yourself around people that are not just saying what they want to do, but they are actually doing what they want to do. They're, they're movers and shakers and they're, they're actually getting things done. They, they make commitments to, um, to goals and they achieve them. Those are the Mm -hmm. people you want to surround yourself with. Right. Absolutely. So what is something people seem to misunderstand about Yolanda? Not Dr. Raglan, but Yolanda. Oh, well, oh, goodness. About, <laughs> about Yolanda. Yeah. Well, well, see, 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 but Yolanda is Dr. Raglan. Okay. okay. So, okay. so here's a couple of things about me. Uh, some of the things that, that people misunderstand about me is that, and I, and the reason why I say Yolanda is Dr. Raglan is because a lot of people just don't see me as a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, first, and then when they find out, oh, well, you're a podiatrist, because like I said before, I'm not an MD, I'm a DPM, which is a doctor of podiatric medicine. Right. They, they cast out, oh, you're not a real doctor or you're not right, a real right. surgeon, but I'm performing orthopedic surgery for goodness mm-hmm. sake. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is a highly, uh, skilled and competitive, uh, profession. So, right. so that's one of the things. The other thing is, is that I am a bit flamboyant. I mean, cl- mm-hmm. I mean, currently I wear pink hair. I wear, I, you know, sometimes I wear a nose ring and I'm always dressed okay. like I'm going to a cocktail party. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so one of the things that's misunderstood about me is that, you know, they, they, a lot of people might think that I'm in fashion right. or, or some other type of artistic, um, skill. And I, and trust me, surgery is definitely artistic skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just don't, they don't see me as a doctor. Even when I tell them I, I'm a doctor, even when the patients come in and sit down and have that cons- consultation with me, I still have patients that ask me, are you doing the surgery? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing that people, uh, might under- misunderstand about me is when they meet Lucretia. That was the other, right. AKA, that's my oh, other. Okay. Other. Okay. Yeah, there, there's, yeah. There's Lucretia, Lucretia Jenkins, Johnson, Washington, Jefferson. Cause I keep all my baby daddy last names. That's, okay. my, other, that's my other persona. I got to keep her on hand because sometimes I need her. You just never know, right? You just yeah, never know. You just never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I tell individuals all the time, hey, you know, I, I, I'm a product of all my environments. There you go. <laughs> which, which, which means I'm still, 
uh, Ed Times, the nappy head boy on the south side of Chicago. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm saying. I got, I got all, <laughs> listen, I have all these personas. My mother's from Trinidad. My father um, was from, from the middle of Virginia. <laughs> um, I grew up, uh, I, I, I was born in D.C. I grew up in the suburbs of Maryland. My school was surrounded by a cornfield. <laughs> I mean, got all of that. I, all I, got, of that. I got all of that. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so what has been your greatest personal achievement? My greatest personal achievement is actually sticking to my first intuition and focusing on a practice for African American women. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of, a lot of my friends that, that are, African-American actually questioned me about why are you just focusing on African-American women, which I thought was kind of odd. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I know now that it was brave of me to openly say, um, say it, but um, that the practice was for African-American women. Um, but like I say, um, it's for everybody. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just glad that I, I stuck to that because, um, I feel like that these women, like I said, were not getting, um, the services that they deserved. And, and, and now I, I feel like this is indeed my, uh, crowning achievement is that I did this because, on a daily basis on my DMS, um, they just say, you just don't know what you've done to change my life. Hmm. So my my next question would be what, what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Um, my, my biggest inspiration, my best, my biggest inspiration is my son and my Mm -hmm. husband, Mm -hmm. uh, my family. Um, you know, just, having, you know, building this legacy is really important. Um, setting forth this example for my son, I, I came from very humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. I still, I still feel it. I, it, it's, I, I, even though I, I, I know that I have achieved a great amount of success, um, I'm still striving for more. And so the biggest inspiration is to, um, to inspire my son, uh, and let and have him realize that, yes, this is, this is what we as people can do. Right. And, um, and that you can do this too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so Dr. Raglan, before we go, how can people find, you know, some of the things you're doing out more about your products and services, either online or through social media? Okay, so first of all, everybody that is listening, I need you to take your phones out right now and follow me on Instagram on Fix Your Feet and on Fix Your Feet Products. Okay, I need you to follow me on both Fix Your Feet and Fix Your Feet Products. So, um, so please follow me on Fix Your Feet and Fix Your Feet Products on Instagram. You can find me on Fix Your Feet on Facebook and TikTok as well. Um, and my website is fixyourfeet.com and fixyourfeetproducts.com. Um, and those are the places that you can basically find me. 
Wonderful, wonderful. So, Dr. Raglan, thank you once again for joining us today. It has certainly been a pleasure. And please come back and visit us soon. Thank you so much, Vince. I truly appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. We certainly hope that you enjoyed today's episode. So make sure to join our Facebook group, Out Front with Vince Noble. And don't forget to comment, rate, share, and subscribe on the Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to download your podcast. Until next time, remember, you still get to write your own life story.